chapter three of the pinafore picture book the story of h m s pinafore by w s gilbert this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter three the wardroom lunch was finished and all the ladies were playing bridge for nuts with the officers except josephine whose thoughts were too much occupied with other and more important matters so she came on deck to indulge in a reverie all alone it is useless said she to herself sir joseph's attentions disgust me i know that he is a truly great and good man for he told me so himself and of course he would know but to me he seems tedious fretful and dictatorial yet his must be a mind of no common order or he would not dare to teach my dear father to dance a hornpipe on the cabin table it was sir joseph's firm belief that if great britain were to retain her proud position as the most powerful naval country in the world it was essential that all her sailors should learn to dance hornpipes it was all he knew about the navy and he had been three years learning that as josephine soliloquized she saw ralph rackstraw advancing towards her with an undulating swan-like motion that teemed with unspeakable grace ralph rackstraw she exclaimed withdrawing from her pocket the false nose which she always put on when she thought she was going to be too much admired nay lady said he put away yon pasteboard mockery the matchless beauty of the real one is so deeply graven in my memory that i can see it even through that hollow absurdity in that case said she it is of course useless to wear it for it is uncomfortable wear on a warm day and she returned it to her pocket lady said ralph i have long wished to meet you alone that's nonsense she replied you can't be alone if i am here you know an unworthy quibble said he you know perfectly well what i mean it is unladylike to sneer at a poor sailor man because his education has been neglected it is true she replied i beg your pardon granted said he with the ready urbanity of one of nature's noblemen poor josephine was much touched by this generous and freely accorded forgiveness and the affection that she had long entertained for him struggled with her sense that it would never do to unite herself with the humble and illiterate sailor moreover she had promised her papa that no consideration would induce her to let ralph rackstraw know her real sentiments towards him so she drew a diabolo from her pocket and pretended to be wholly absorbed in the game she usually played it with great skill throwing the diabolo as high as the masthead and catching it on the string with her eyes shut but so great was her agitation that she missed it every time to the serious damage of her renowned nose nay lady said ralph i see that my presence has unsettled you i will withdraw no ralph you may remain she said she did not like him to go away with the impression that she was but a clumsy player after all and again she tossed the diabolo high into the air and again it came down on her beautiful little nose lady said he put aside that silly toy and listen i am a poor uneducated fellow who has dared to love you but before you dismiss me with contempt do not forget that i am a british sailor it is important to bear that in mind 
josephine was much moved and though she was a girl of great strength of mind she would not trust herself to speak so she merely exclaimed pooh and again threw up the toy with the same painful results nay lady said he i feel that this indifference is assumed i distinctly see a tear trembling in your left eye it it was the diavolo she said not quite truthfully it hurt then you reject me said he sir said she you forget the disparity in our ranks i forget nothing haughty girl said ralph give me hope and what i lack in education and polite accomplishments i will endeavour to acquire drive me to despair and in death alone i shall look for consolation i am proud and cannot stoop to implore i have spoken and i await your word as he finished he assumed an attitude of such extraordinary dignity that josephine was on the point of saying take me and be happy but the noble girl called all her resolution to her aid and haughtily replied you shall not wait long your proffered love i contemptuously reject go sir and learn to cast your eyes on some village maiden in your own poor rank they should be lowered before your captain's daughter and so saying with the tell-tale tears streaming down her face she strode magnificently to her cabin where she almost sobbed her little heart out poor josephine ralph rackstraw was furious in defiance of all ship's rules he loudly summoned all the crew to the quarter-deck why what's all this said mr bobstay is the ship on fire or have they made you port admiral neither gasped ralph i have told josephine of my love and she has scornfully rejected me ah what did i tell you said the crew as one man well ralph said bobstay i was afraid you were over sanguine ay ay said dick did i it was too much to expect will somebody please take this chap away and put his head in the flour-bin said mr bobstay his sentiments are simply disgraceful and two brawny sailors took poor dick away kicking meekly and dipped his head into the flour-bin until he assured them that he would behave better in future life is no longer worth living said ralph has anybody got such a thing as a pistol handy mr bobstay was overcome with emotion for he loved ralph rather better than his own mother and the crew quite unmanned sobbed on each other's shoulders come said ralph a pistol mr bobstay who was one of the most tender-hearted creatures living could never refuse anything to the friend of his heart so the good fellow reluctantly produced a full-sized horse-pistol and proceeded to load it as quickly as his hiccuping sobs would allow him while ralph was taking an affectionate leave of his beloved shipmates here you are ralph he said handing him the loaded pistol bless you my boy be cool and aim straight it'll soon be over and the brawny seaman fairly sobbed like a girl my friend said ralph for the last time farewell and when i am dead convey my respectful compliments to miss josephine and tell her that she's done it and i hope she likes it so saying he placed the pistol to his head while all the crew stopped their ears for if there was one thing they hated more than another it was the bang of an exploding firearm 
but you will be surprised to hear that rafe was not to die just then josephine who had been watching all this through her cabin window which looked on to the quarter-deck couldn't stand it any longer forgetting her family pride her brilliant prospects and even her promise to her papa she rushed out and flung herself into rafe's arms with a shriek in which devoted love acute anguish humbled pride wild determination and maidenly reserve were perceptibly blended she had often practised this shriek so as to have it ready for emergencies and it was much admired by her family and friends rafe visibly moved flung away the pistol which exploded as it fell making all the crew jump and cutting off poor dead eyes only remaining little toe rafe embraced josephine rapturously as the crew danced shouted and flung up their caps for very joy it was arranged that the happy pair accompanied by the ship's company should steal away that very night at twelve in order to be married without a moment's delay and as they all knew a chorus which happened to fit the situation exactly they sung it as loud as they could let's give three cheers for the sailor's bride who casts all thoughts of rank aside who gives up home and fortune too for the honest love of a sailor true all this time sir joseph in the captain's cabin was so busily occupied in explaining to captain corcoran at great length how tremendous a sacrifice he was making in condescending to marry josephine and the captain was listening to him so attentively that neither of them heard anything of the noisy rejoicings i have just described End of chapter three